0: Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I wanna thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I am a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. I'm so happy to invite another Robin to the show. Today, I have Robin Tobe. She is a money expert, and let me tell you a little bit about her. She's a chartered professional accountant by training and began her career at KPMG and transitioned into real estate and then landed on the trading floor at Citibank Canada, Today, she's a keynote speaker and an award-winning author of the book, The Wisest Investment, teaching your kids to be responsible, independent, and money smart for life. Robin puts her money where her mouth is and has raised two mostly money smart kids. I am so happy to welcome Robin to the show. Robin, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, so happy to talk to you. I'm excited to be here too. Okay, so we're talking about the talk but the money talk and we're talking about like, how do we talk to our kids about money? What different ages and stages, you know, should we bring up money? How do we talk about it when they're four and five versus 14 and 15? And so what I wanna start by doing is talking about financial literacy. So like, okay, that's like, sounds like a lovely thing to say but what does that actually mean? Can we start there? Great
1: idea. So. It's defined in Canada as having the knowledge, skills and confidence Mm. to make responsible financial decisions at every life stage. So I'll just repeat that again, knowledge, skills and confidence to make responsible financial decisions at every life stage. Mm. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, there was a task force in Canada on financial literacy back in 2008 or 2009, and it came out of the global financial crisis. Mm. And the reason they put this task force together was because the government felt that a financially literate society or population was critical to Canadian economic growth and prosperity.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is just Mm -hmm. so true. I mean, in fact, every country should have that.
1: Yes, right. and around the world, there's quite a lot of initiatives, or you know, to try and help people just get better with money because it is uh, it's it's hard for a lot of people. So, what are the downfalls? Like, what what
0: what is it? Credit is it debt?
1: Yeah, I mean, what are the things that people struggle with? Yeah. Yes, some of the things you just mentioned definitely. Um, taking using credit maybe liberally and then finding yourselves in debt and that could be you know consumer debt like credit cards student loan debt is mm. you know at levels that we haven't seen before maybe taking on too much mortgage debt feeling like your house poor so yes a lot of canadians and you know people around the world struggle with debt management for sure um but i think that being financially literate also means knowing how to make sound decisions with the money you make. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it all boils down to. So to, so you can stay out of debt so you can grow your wealth so that you can, you know, live the life that you want and reach your goals and hopefully have, you know, a comfortable retirement, like all those types of things that are important to us.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so then how do we start talking about this? And before, actually, before you answer that, mm-hmm. we reached a point where we should be talking about money. We should be talking about how much we make, like it is the ultimate in the taboo okay. subjects, right? Like, mm-hmm. are we kind of
1: past that now or? Uh, that's, that's I don't think so. I think in our society as a whole, and especially I would say with the older generations, Money is still a taboo topic, mm. and the more money there is, the harder it can be to talk about. But on the other hand, if you're struggling with money and you feel like you're not good at with, good at it yourself, then it's also hard to talk about because there's shame and embarrassment that goes with that. So that's one of the barriers or challenges parents have and why they don't talk about it enough with their kids. But what I have noticed is that the younger generation, so let's say Gen Y and Gen Z. They're Mm -hmm. much more open and transparent about their money. I was just talking to my daughter about this, and she's like a very cut, like the youngest Gen Y, kind of oldest Gen Z. And she Mm -hmm. said, like, there's full transparency with her and her friends. With her close friends, they know what each other makes. They know what each other is paying in rent. Like, they're very open about it. And I don't remember being like that when I was growing up.
0: No, you know, at least we never talked about how much we were making, but we Absolutely need to. I think that it holds employers accountable,
1: too. Right. I mean, there's new laws in the U.S. that that require employers to post salary ranges now on any job opening. And because there is so much discrimination when it comes to pay, gender discrimination and and other types of um, biases Mm -hmm. that creep into that process. So, yeah, I think more transparency will lead to more equity. But I just found it really interesting. And it could be because they're so used to sharing their lives online that this is just one more thing. But I still think between the parent and the child, or at least my generation on Gen X, boomers to probably feel a little less comfortable sharing that information they're not used to it and it's something they were always taught it's kind of crass I think it's crass to talk about money in the sense like where you're bragging but it's certainly not crass to do it with an educational point of view or perspective
0: no not at all I I think it's helpful to show your kids because I mean I think it's otherwise they're going to think it's either a bottomless pit <laughs>
1: like I've Well exactly.
0: Yeah. or you have nothing, right? You know, right. I, I know my kids have expressed both like uh-oh, are we going to be okay? Like yeah, yeah, we're good. Or like oh, you guys have got, you know, you just spent this much. Oh, you must be rich. You must have tons of money. And We're like,
1: "Nope." <laughs> you know. So Exactly. And kids are expressing like what's on their minds and it's interesting that your kids have, have, and I guess, you know, based on what's going on in the household, they can get even conflicting impressions. Yeah. And those are really great openings. Those kinds of comments, like, are we rich or, you know, just that attitude, like just go to, you know, just if you say, Oh, we can't afford this. And your kids say, well, just go to the bank machine and take out more money. <laughs> I mean, little kids Aww. tend to think that money comes out of a hole in the wall. You know, those are what I call teachable moments, Right, those opportunities to build a money lesson into your day-to-day life, and just take a sec, take a beat, explain to your kids what's going on, and also ask, find out why they're asking. You know, like when you're, like, why? You know, what makes you ask that? If they're saying, "Are we rich or are we poor?" What makes you ask that? Like, what's behind it?
0: Oh, I love that. I'm all about the asking why, like so much Mm -hmm. about that, Mm -hmm. and and we do want to know because what if our child feels insecure? What if they feel Mm -hmm. unsafe? And when I say insecure, I mean unsafe. So, um, because that look that, that, that goes through our kids' minds. Our kids are thinking about things. They're noticing things that we may not realize they're noticing. And then they're forming their thoughts and beliefs about that could be wrong. So we do need to come in and we do need to start talking about it. So let's talk about the talk. Where do you start and if we are using those teachable moments, like Mm -hmm. when they're they're asking, what do we say? So
1: over to you for all of that. (laughs) Okay. So what I like to, what I like to tell parents is um, you want to start when your kids are young, ideally. Okay. So the reason that you want to start when they're young is because, well, there's a few reasons. The way I like to think about approaching this vast topic of money and personal finance is with five pillars of money. So five essential building blocks. And those five pillars are save. Sorry, let's start with sorry, earn. That's the most important one, because you have to earn money first. Okay. And then once you earn it, there's four things you can do with it. You can save it, you can spend it, you can share it, or you can invest it for the long, long haul. So that's what I call the five pillars of money, earn, save, spend, share, and invest. Okay. And the five pillars never change, but the specific topics and examples and family discussions and actions do as your kids get older and move through these four stages that I use in my book that are young children, five to eight, preteens, nine to 12, teenagers, 13 to 17, and emerging adults, 18 and up. So if you think about the five pillars, any specific topic will fit under one of those five. And then the idea is start young and keep building on it because the stuff that you share with a seven-year-old is going to be very different than a 17-year-old. And it's really important to share age-appropriate information mm-hmm. because if it's if it's too, you know, if it's above where they are at now, it just won't be meaningful. You need to share information in financial literacy that is relevant to the decisions and the... the Stage of their life that they're at, like just in time information, almost mm-hmm. um, maybe looking just a little bit ahead. So, and then stress confidentiality. So you don't want to make ma- money to taboo within your own family, but you don't want them sharing everything on, for example, yeah. social media. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just stressing that still, these are some, some of this is private family information just stays within cone of silence.
0: <laughs> I like that. Okay. I like yeah. that. That's, that's a good idea. That's a good, because you never know what they say to people. And, <laughs> you know, so one of the things that we did when our kids were, were little and we started paying them allowance, uh, mm-hmm. which those days are, are gone now, but we would have three piggy banks. One was to save, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. was to spend, and the other was for charity. And it was, it was actually really fun because, you know, we, we gave them their money, but we, we had it in small denominations. So mm-hmm. for those Canadians out there, uh, and then we would, you know, we would, we would split it up in the different piggy banks. And then at the end of the year, we would go and we would donate the money and bring the kids with us. And we donated mm-hmm. to Ronald McDonald house one year and Love you know, it. we, yeah, we did like, and it was just really fun. They gave us a big giant check too, so we could have a family picture. Sure, you know, those are oh, cool. special
1: time. Right. Yeah, to I love to Ronald yeah. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. It's they such do. an amazing charity. Um, but you like, I feel like you just took a page right out of my book because I that's exactly what I say. And in fact, um your kids are older now, but now they might not have had this, but there's a multi-slotted piggy bank. So it's with one piggy minutes? bank, yes, with four different slots. And they the slots are save, spend, donate, and invest. So now you don't have to have three, you know, three separate ones or four separate ones. You can have it all in one, but you can still like take out just that specific allocation. And exactly what you said, like if you have cash and cash is still the best way to teach young kids. It's tangible and concrete and easy for them to understand. And then they can, you know, in loonies and toonies they can make those allocations fairly easy, easy, easily. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like an amazing way to introduce those money choices. and at that age. And then obviously once they outgrow piggy bank, then you're into things like youth accounts and student Mm -hmm. accounts. Um, But one other thing, Robin, I wanted to mention was that another reason to start early is so your kids can make mistakes when the stakes are low and learn, (laughs) right. You want them to have you're laughing because your kids have probably made expensive mistakes, but you know, the, the earlier they learn and they have that experience managing money and make and blowing it like spending too much on something that they regret after the fact, the earlier they can take those lessons in and then, you know, avoid some of the more expensive mistakes that happen later on as you, you know, when you're in university or college and you're exposed to your first credit card or lots of other ways to, you know, make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I I know I made
0: mistakes big time. We, of course, we we, all do. Me too. Yeah, we, we definitely did not have a great relationship with money, like in my own family. And, mm-hmm. you know, then when I, you know, was an adult and just starting out making money. Yeah, I just like I had credit cards. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. Yeah, no
1: one taught you probably. No, right? you didn't no. All your parents didn't teach you. And you just kind of like most of us, you learn on the fly through trial and error and You know, unfortunately, with credit cards, with the the high rates of interest they carry, it's so easy to get into some trouble pretty early. So, yeah, I really like the idea of um, starting early and building on it and letting your kids make mistakes. But don't think that if you haven't started that is too late cuz it's never too late.
0: Oh, I love that. And that's so my message when it comes to parenting too. Like it's yeah. just never too late. So I love that. And here's the thing, if you weren't taught and this is this is the biggest thing that happens in parenting in general, like if you weren't taught how to do this, just like if you weren't taught empathy, you weren't taught, you know, mm-hmm. how to emotionally regulate, you can learn it later in life and mm-hmm. you, your book the wisest investment is the guide to helping you learn
1: while you also teach your kids, right? Exactly. 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 And that's how I tried to write it because a lot of parents, I don't want them thinking like, I can't teach my kids because I'm not doing a good job or I'm not an expert. Yeah. You can learn together because one of the, one of the other ways, and we talked about teachable moments, but one of the other ways um, to teach your kids is by being a good financial role model. And I know you've talked about being a good role model on other episodes with regards to other things, but when it comes to money, you're such an important role model for your kids because they're watching and listening and learning from you and how you act around money. So just because you might not be talking about it, doesn't mean they're not learning from you. 100%. So yeah, the first chapter really tries to help parents get their own house in order um, so they can lead by example.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause it's even your attitude about money, your energy, yes. about money, every time you spend money, ugh,
1: or it's just like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 they, really, they pick up on that or like, Oh, I don't want to go to work today. Oh, like I have the Sunday scaries. I don't want to go to work on money. That's not great either because your kids mm-hmm. are kind of picking up on, on that. And most of us want our kids to find something that will be fulfilling for them in their careers and, you know, to do and to have purpose. That's well, such and a really- I think- Sorry, I was, yeah, go I was, ahead. I was yeah. just
0: gonna say, like I think we really passed that crap down <laughs> because like <laughs> let's you know, like I'm just just made me think, like, okay, so if I'm insecure about money, maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to really make my kid hustle to get a job right now and make sure they save and maybe drive my kid crazy or, you know, make them go into Mm -hmm. an industry where I know they're going to make money. And then it becomes all about money and it's not about happiness or we're running our own agenda and then they just reject us. So like it can go sideways for us, just like anything can go. So we've got to really notice where we're at. And I think, you know, I'm going to just put my hand up and say, I have trauma around money. I know mm-hmm. that when it comes of time to do my taxes, I want to avoid it. And that's <laughs> what I've learned. Thankfully doing this work actually is that's a trauma response. And we mm. were like in my own family, not that this is about me, but like it, it was, it was feast or famine. Mm-hmm. When we had money, we had lots of money. When we had no money, we had no money, and that was right. very scary as a child to grow mm-hmm. up like that. It mm-hmm. really was. It felt very mm-hmm. insecure, and we knew unstable, yes. unstable,
1: yeah. And I yeah. think with money, you want stability. You need predictability. Like, how do you budget? How do you, you know, feel like you're in control? If it's one, you know, one month it's like you're living off the hog, and the other month you're like worried about paying rent or your mortgage. So yeah, I totally get that. And I think like what you're driving towards is my third strategy for parents, which is to think about using your values, your personal values, the Um, things in life that are most important to you uh to help guide and prioritize financial decisions and set meaningful goals. And I know you're all about tools in the toolbox. So I have this values validator, which people can find for free on my website, robintope.com. And it's so interesting to do that as a parent and you and your partner can both do it and see where your values overlap. Cause it's meant to help you figure out what your top five, da- five values are. And then you can have mm-hmm. your kids do it too, because you might find that you're pushing something on your kids. Like let's say security is your top value, but for them it's adventure. Yeah. You know, or creativity or something. They don't want that steady office job. It's just, would make be soul crushing for them, which is kind of the case with one of my kids. Yeah. So yeah, like, and that was hard because my husband and I are both accountants by training. Our daughter ended up <laughs> becoming an accountant and we have a son who's very creative and studied philosophy and became, um, you know, was always into music. And it was, you know, he just couldn't, it was not for him to be in a corporate environment. And now he's finally found what he wants to do. He's a does sound engineering and mixing. Um, for live events and it's just perfect. And he's running his own business and freelancing and it's just wonderful. And it worked out. It took a long time though, but luckily Mm -hmm. we gave him the space to figure it out because I mean, and you know, you can take these great personality tests online.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, they are so, they're so insightful. And that also really helps you relate to one another in the family. Um, because I could see how his personality was extremely different, because um, I'm like hot, yeah, you know, really, really um, conscientious, and he's not like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I have personality traits that make me good at being an accountant, and he he doesn't. Yeah, right. He's a, <laughs> so um, I like a doing my taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah, a philosopher, yeah. and I probably wouldn't be a good philosopher. So, anyways, it's really those kinds of exercises are very, also very like the values ones good, but the personality ones are amazing, and some of them are free, some of them are just inexpensive. They're worth doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can just Google that and you'll find them like Instagrams and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's so great because really we don't get the kids that we want. We get the kids we need. Right. And like, he's a gift (laughs) for you because he's so different than you. He's allowing you to open yourself
1: up to exactly possibilities. And that's a beautiful thing. Oh, for sure. I've learned so much from him about like lots of different things. And then, um, yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. And, and, but I mean, we are a lot of like in other ways, but um, yeah, it is a gift. It really is. I love it. I love it. Okay.
0: So I, this is my burning question. Okay. You're going yeah. to the bank machine and <laughs> you take out money and your five-year-old is like, can we just take out more? What do you say? Like, I'd love for you to give us some words yes. to say when, know. Our, when, when our kids are asking as many questions, like where does money come yeah. from? How Especially that, that one.
1: Yeah. Where yeah, does yeah, money but... come from? Like a hole in the wall. And, and like so many parents, that's like every kid says that to their parents, just punch in some, you know, just punch, let's go, let's go to the bank machine, punch, punch a few buttons and let's see what comes out. So what, especially a five-year-old again, age appropriate, you have to explain that it's, it's kind of like a bank because mm-hmm. if no money goes in, no money comes out. Now a little kid doesn't work obviously, but they do earn money for birthdays or holidays or tooth fairy visits right so they understand what it means to like have money and then if they have a piggy bank maybe a multi-slotted one they know what it means to have to make choices so that's just I think even a five or six year old you can explain to them okay well if you're working like if you have a job if you have a business well this is what I have to do to put money in my piggy bank which is the bank machine um you know I'm an accountant. And what does that mean? Well, I help people uh, understand their finances for their businesses or their, you know, or people file their to help people file their taxes. And then you're like, well, what's taxes? So you can kind of explain like, well, look at all this stuff we have, like in Canada, you can go to the doctor and we don't have to pay. And that's because we pay taxes or we have policemen or firemen that you know, help protect us because we pay some of the money we make to them. So there's just, again, so many teachable moments. But I think it's trying to explain to them that if no money goes in because you're not, if you're not making money or earning money, then there nothing, you can punch as many buttons as you want, but nothing's going to come out. Mm. Or you're going to go into overdraft, but that's a whole other. Yeah, well,
0: uh, let's not go into debt.
1: Heads explode. <laughs> <laughs> not Wait, for the five year old, but maybe for the twelve year old. You know, like again, what age is your child at? Like they'll be able to understand certain concepts better as they get older. Mm.
0: Yeah. So how do you graduate from from the hole in the wall, which is so funny? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'll I'll never forget. Well, actually. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I got, I, I was going to go somewhere else, but I, I want to go here. Here's the thing. Money is sometimes not even used. Like we're not even using paper money. So then how do we even explain that? It's almost like it's, I
1: don't know, like a story. It's,
0: it's intangible. I know
1: it's, um. well, that's why I was saying earlier that you should really start with kids with actual cash with little kids yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. is, it's tangible it's concrete and you know our canadian money is fun it's colorful it's got historical figures on it it's got geog- geographic places across the country the, you know the toonies and the loonies that you mentioned are are also interesting and unique so with little kids you can play counting games you can make change if they're coming with you grocery shopping or anywhere where you pay in cash and get a receipt they can count the change you can start letting them do little things handing the money over getting getting it back. So it still starts with, with, with actual cash at that young age. But obviously once they graduate, let's say they're preteens and they have a, they open their own bank account, and they get a debit card, then they're going to be starting to use, you know, digital means of payment. Yeah. So that's when you have to explain to them, um, you know, what is a debit card? It's buy now, pay now, everything comes out of that account right away. How's that different from a credit card? They don't have their own credit card yet, but they see you using one or they see you using Apple pay or something like that on your phone. So you have to explain that's really different. And again, we said, that's where people can get into trouble. That should really be like how to use a credit card responsibly is a really important money talk to have. So kids Mm -hmm. really understand, like, you know, there's, you can use it a whole bunch of times. And then at the end of a, a month, the total gets added up and you know, you want to try and pay off the entire balance on the due date. Otherwise it gets expensive. So you can talk about the minimum payment and all that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how, how do you, how do you talk about credit cards? Do you say, look, you're, you're using them, to really build your credit so that later on when you want to buy a house, you, you Mm -hmm. can get a mortgage, like, or you want to buy a car and you you're going to finance the vehicle
1: or yeah, absolutely. Like your, your credit, using credit responsibly will help with all of that. But with teenagers, it's even a little more immediate, which would be um, if they're looking for a job. So some, uh, some employers will check a, a prospective employees, credit score as a sign of responsibility. Or a landlord as well if they're even renting an apartment um mm-hmm. they will check your credit score so it's it's important to start using credit responsibly once you have the ability to get your own credit card when you turn the age of majority but unless someone sits, sits the team down and explains to them or you know they watch a reliable TikTok explaining how it works lots of kids think you know they get a credit card and it's like free money just spend yeah. spend spend they don't realize four weeks later there's a big bill coming due. And if you don't pay it on time, as I said, there could be penalties there could be interest if you're making just the minimum payment. So just explaining that really like very, very specifically. And even reading, you know, on your credit card, it will say uh, it will take X years and Y months to pay this off. If only the minimum payment is made. Mm-hmm. So explain, you know, explain that to them because something that, you buy that you can't afford and ends up costing a lot in interest if you only make the minimum payment.
0: Yeah. And and I think it really speaks to how we are so impatient and we want what we want now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh and you know and, and credit is just not the answer for that, right? We've gotta be patient. We've gotta teach our kids that big time. And you know, the other thing that I, I wanted to add is that I, I mentioned my son has his first job. And right. super proud of him, super proud of him for him making money. And 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 it's definitely a process to explain to him how to, you know, take his paycheck and you know where it should go and that sort of thing. And so a couple of weeks ago, he said uh there was a game that he wanted. And we're okay mm-hmm. with him spending his money on gaming, uh, even though we we do, t- you know, want him to we we take, well, we take it right now, even though I know I should get him to do it. But anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we'll talked to you now. I know that I need to do it that or he needs to do that for himself. But anyway, um, he, we're fine with him taking the money, um, to buy the game and he, but he, but the game that he wanted was only on a PlayStation and he doesn't have a PlayStation. So he's looking mm-hmm. at PlayStation Four, which is where we're at, I think, right now, and he's like, it's eight hundred or whatever, and so he was he was really bummed about it. And I said to him, hey, bud, you know what? There's actually other options that we have that could cost a lot less money. Mm. He doesn't have Facebook, but I said, look, we could look on Facebook Marketplace. I'm happy to Mm -hmm. help you with that. You can get this for a fraction of the cost would you be interested if it's secondhand? And he's like, yeah, definitely. So it was a really great exercise for us to go through where Mm -hmm. I, you know, he was with me while I reached out to people, while we negotiated a price while we scheduled Mm -hmm. the pickup right and and all of that stuff and I said look this is this one do you want to offer him less do you want to is this okay this one comes with games but if you're not going to play the games and you might not want to like you know all this stuff right and it was a really great experience he ended up getting his uh his playstation he got his game and it was for less than the cost of a brand new playstation so it was a great experience
1: yeah that's a great story and that's a great example of a teachable moment my son was also really into gaming when he was a teenager but this is like 10 years ago or more so games were physical like you go went to eat you had to uh, buy the eb games yeah yeah. you had to buy them and he i remember him saying to me like in hindsight he he used to buy them as soon as they came out and then he realized like if he just waited a few weeks and they were used he could get them for so much less oh they depreciate immediately (laughs) yeah so just making those kinds of mistakes and then just Smartening up for the next time, but being involved because if you had just gone out and bought that for him, oh, like even if you had gone out and bought the used one and done all the negotiate, like he wouldn't have learned anything. Now, for the next mm. next time he wants something big, he he has the skills. You've taught yeah. him what to do because negotiating, like it's, it's in the book too. Like there's lots of skills that teens need when it comes to spending. You know, to spend because they're they are going to spend. Let's be realistic. Yeah. So they need to spend smart. And waiting for sales. I mean, it's Black Friday today as we're recording this. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, making sure you shop things around and, you know, our, our, it's we're living in a time of record inflation and rising interest rates and we have to make sure we stretch our dollars as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and kids I think too. that's that's a topic that's hard to explain. And can you take a moment and actually explain yeah. to me? No, sure, I'm happy to explain you. to the parents listening so that they can explain to their kids
1: what inflation is. Actually, explaining to me, um. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, it's the rate of at, at which prices accelerate. Yeah. So prices are going up by eight to ten percent right now. Um, Month on, over month, or even year over year, depending on how they measure it. So, if you just look at something that was, let's say, a h- hundred dollars before, at a ten percent rate of inflation, that thing is going to be one hundred and ten now. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, it's and another way some- to look at it is like you, your purchasing power has been eroded. Like, so if you're just still making a hundred dollars, yeah, now you can't afford that same item. So it's really, um, it directly impacts affordability.
0: And that's dangerous because if you, if it's $10 more and then you want to put that 10 bucks on a credit card, that's not smart, right?
1: Well, yeah. People use credit as you say to, to bridge a gap because they don't have essentially you're, if you're using credit all the time to fill a gap, you're living beyond your means. You're spending more than you're making. And Mm -hmm. as you said before, there's this pressure because we live in a world that stresses instant gratification and everyone's impatient and delay delaying gratification is a really important skill that we want to model and teach our kids because um it's it's just the ability to set goals and wait for rewards and it is correlated to better outcomes later in life as well yeah. so you know even just again, knowing what your values are and setting goals that are tied to those values, because those are important to you and they're compelling and motivating really helps. So, you know, even if it's just something simple, like an Xbox that, that, you know, your child really wants, there are ways to like sit down and make that like a goal with specific steps that they can take to achieve it.
0: Mm. You know, what I really like to do is I really like to talk about it as it's happening. Like you know, wow, mm-hmm. it really is expensive. And so this is what we're doing. We're actually, we, you know, we wanted it this month, but we're going to wait till next month because yeah. it, you know, it has gone up in price. And so when we talk about inflation, we're talking also about supply and demand, right. And we're talking about how supply well, a, is,
1: is that is, it's a cause. It's one of the causes of inflation of what's pushing prices up. So when there's more demand than supply of anything, then prices go up. It's, it's like eco- like microeconomics. Mm-hmm. Um, prices are set when the where the supply and demand curve intersect, mm-hmm. and when demand starts to go up at all levels, then prices go up. So there was a lot of pent up demand during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and when, when we couldn't go out and do things, and now that's showing up in higher prices for travel and for concerts and for eating out and all these things. And then you were saying supply chain. So again, if supply is restricted, mm-hmm. then that also causes prices to go up. So it's such a deadly combo when it's excess demand met meets restricted supply. Uh that's when prices just go crazy. Yeah. So that's why it's being and it's hard once prices start to go up, um, it's sticky. It's, it's a certain categories, so it's hard for them to come down. And like normally the rate of inflation is about two to three percent. That's what the Canadian central bank aims for. And we're talking like eight to 10, which is yeah. Like, so you see it. If you walk into the grocery store, like my daughter texts me, she's like, you know, those craft singles are like $10 a package. And I'm like that floppy cheese, that orange floppy cheese, that's 10. Like it's, it's nuts. Like it's so visible.
0: You know, one of the things that I noticed is uh, sometimes we'll buy like the no name brand of chips and they were like a buck for a 200 gram bag and it's $2 now, like
1: it's probably a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's not even 10% because 10% they'd only be a dollar 10. That's like, exactly. that's double, that's like a hundred percent inflation. So yeah. And then there's shrinkflation. You're probably noticing maybe it's the yes. same price, but it's in a much smaller package. Um, there's skimpflation where the quality of something has really gone down. So they don't want to raise the price because they know consumers are sensitive. So they'll just kind of skimp on the quality um, I mean, there's also greedflation, which is like, you know, this concept that companies are taking advantage of the fact that prices are generally going up and if they can get away with it, they will raise their prices. So I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, our kids that are out and about preteens and up, they're noticing it because even the things they probably buy the corner store or whatever has gone up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, really
0: notice it. And I noticed too, that, uh, there was an article about Amazon prime day and yeah. well, actually some of the advertising to advertise prices were price increases, not just screaming deals. So yeah.
1: Or, or, or it's on sale, but it's still more than it was a year ago.
0: Right. Right. Oh yeah. You've got to be know. a savvy shopper. And I think that's a part of, that's a part of what you're saying, right. Is knowing yeah. your prices Know when the sales are on, know what goes
1: on sale, what doesn't go on sale. Uh, you yeah, know. Mo- and model that for your kids and talk about yeah. it while, like you say, while it's happening. And then, you know, another yeah. thing that this brings up really is needs versus wants. Mm. So that's a really yeah. important thing to talk about with your kids because, yeah. you know it's especially teenagers, they get kind of self-centered at that phase, and they they or even young kids, they don't appreciate that as a parent, you're running. A whole household and a budget that is much more than just that, you know, their own needs and wants. So Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're, you know, paying your rent or your mortgage, that you have enough money for food and gas for the car and all these needs before we can start even thinking about the nice to haves
0: yeah so for anybody listening, I think you know inflation is such a hot topic right now mm-hmm. uh, whether it, you know obviously you're you're talking about Canadian inflation, but it it it's mirrored everywhere in the states yeah every everywhere Europe, it's even worse
1: actually because oh, of the energy gosh. issue yeah I think
0: we're paying a lot for gas here uh never it's, mind it, europe you're it's it's uh, it's it's outrageous. so exactly you know, how do we reconcile that? with our kids and talk about mm-hmm. when that's going to end, when that's going to get better because prices don't necessarily come down. Once they're
1: up, they're kind of up, aren't they? They can be sticky. depends. Obviously gas, you see it's very volatile. Oh, yeah. it goes up and down. That, you know, that's kind of different, but it's hard to imagine some of these grocery prices going back to what they were, unless again, you know, supply starts to normalize, demand starts to normalize, and then prices may normalize a little bit. Um, I mean, right now that like, this is getting a bit technical, but the bank of Canada and in the U S fed, it raises interest rates to try Mm -hmm. and cool the economy. Um, while they're still doing that, um, like they will kind of slow that down or stop it altogether once they feel like inflation is under control. So that's kind of how we'll know when they stop hiking rates. Um, then we'll know that they feel that inflation is under control, and then it will probably start to show up in our day to day lives because we'll start seeing prices like not not go up every month by eight to ten percent and stay the same or even maybe fall a bit.
0: Yeah, it, it you know it really is such a complicated uh, like it's such a complicated process to understand it to understand it is. how interest rates affect you know, those go up, well, then we can buy even less, which is the whole point. So then
1: the demand mm-hmm. is not as much. Cool. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's macroeconomics, it's microeconomics. Yeah. And again, that's probably not age appropriate information um, to share. I mean, unless your kid is like in university, and they're studying this kind yeah. of stuff, and you can maybe have an, you know, an interesting discussion with them about it. But I think there's always a way to bring a topic any topic into plain language mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of what I've tried to do and for sure have tried to do in the book but any con- financial content I create for with my clients we always try to put it in a language that anyone can understand because what's the point of using all this fancy terminology and jargon if, if people just don't understand what you're talking about yeah so so, we, you know, I really, I feel like in the book, I've really tried to make it accessible to parents, um, as you said, so they can learn along with their kids. And it's all explained in very plain language. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. As as someone who is so ignorant to all of those things. You know, not necessarily by choice, but as an adult, I, I could definitely better and learn more. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate that the work that you're doing and the book is the wisest investment. It is um, teaching your kids to be responsible, independent, and money smart for life. What a gift to give your family and your kids and do it without any shame, do it without judging yourself. Right. I think that's really really important. And you can also be honest and say, yeah, you know what dad and I, or mom and I, or whatever, we didn't know as much as we know now and we did make some mistakes and, you know, we want to save you from making those same mistakes too, or or however you want to say. You got it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and don't wait, you know, start, start today, start tomorrow. you know, when you think about teachable moments, like your Xbox story is such a good example. I'm sure your listeners can think of so many examples in their own lives where their kids are asking something or they're doing something together and just, you know, take a beat and try and teach them a little something about money. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely important to have that talk to, to,
0: to take advantage. I love it so much. Thank you so much. And you have, you have a tool for us in the parent toolbox, which of course I is do. www.parent-toolbox.com. It's a free membership and it's updated every single week with beautiful experts like Robin Tobes, uh, the financial role model self-assessment. Tell mm-hmm. us
1: what that is all about. So people can download it from the toolbox. Yeah, I hope they will. Cause it's a good one. Um, as we, as I mentioned, one of my strategies to is to be a good financial role model and lead by example. But a lot of parents don't even think about what their, what messages their behavior is sending and what kind of role model they are. So this is 18 questions about your financial attitudes and behaviors that you answer is true or false. And it's just trying to help you get a feel for the kind of role model you are and the kind of role model that you can be. Mm, I love that. That's so great. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: thank you so much for that. Again, it was such a great discussion yeah.
1: Robin thank you oh, for having me
0: oh i love it i love it and um i just want to i just want to to let people know that if you want to to find more about robin she's at Robintobe.com, which is r o b i n t a u b.com and um you also have the website for your book which is mm-hmm. the wisest investment.com uh, exactly. and where is your where can your book be found other
1: than on those two those two sites Amazon,
0: Amazon long and the
1: short answer. Yeah. So there's a paperback and an ebook and yes, it's available on Amazon.
0: That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really love talking to you and me too. Um, I've learned Keep up the good work from- yeah, so much. I just, this is just such an important topic and it really is something we do that is really crucial in parenting. You know, we all want the best for our kids. And these are the mm-hmm. kinds of conversations that help, for them to live lives that you know they that where, where they can really thrive money is a part of that mm-hmm. equation whether we like mm-hmm. it or not so we've got to have these conversations so thank you for helping us thank you for helping me and uh we just i i, I can't wait to dive into that self-assessment because i'm going to take it too <laughs> okay good thank you again thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast parenting our future